Welcome to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, an integrative health podcast by Center for New Medicine. We created the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast as an extension of our mission to educate and empower individuals along their health journey. This integrative health podcast will bring you in-depth expert interviews on a plethora of health topics. Tune in bi-weekly for interviews on how to create a non-toxic lifestyle, integrative approaches to treating complex health concerns like diabetes, Lyme's, Hashimoto's, Crohn's, adrenal fatigue, mental, emotional, and spiritual health, cancer prevention, early cancer detection, integrative cancer treatments, and so much more. Through the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, we hope to provide cutting-edge, science-based information you can use to create a happier and healthier life for you and your loved ones. Welcome back, everyone, to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. I'm your host, Leanne, and we have our very first ever patient interview on the show with Erica Matthews. This is such a wonderful interview. First of all, just to hear a beautiful testimonial of someone who dealt with and overcame stage four ovarian cancer. I think this is going to be such an expansive episode for anyone who might be going through cancer to really learn and see that it is possible to go through it in a different way and feel empowered while doing that and just kind of see her journey from diagnosis to where she's at today. But it is really fun and beautiful and so special for us here at the center to be able to share her story as a patient of Dr. Keneally's and really what some of the key things she did here at the center that were very, very instrumental in her healing journey. So as always, enjoy this episode. Check the show notes because we link out to Erica's contact information and her website as well. Okay, well, Erica, welcome to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So you are a familiar face to so many people at the center, but naturally there's going to be many, many listeners who don't know who you are. So can you give us a little bit of just your background and what was going on in your life that led up to your diagnosis? And then we'll really dive into that. Yes. Yes. Okay. So gosh, I was diagnosed on March 19th of 2020. And leading up to that, my life was going amazing. I had just So I live in Boise, Idaho, and I just gotten home from Newport Beach and just had gotten certified as a life coach. And I already was a health coach. So I have an amazing husband, uh, amazing two-year-old, and yeah, everything could not have been going better, seriously. So I came home, uh, launched my business online, started signing up clients, was just really pumped for life. And I started having these really weird symptoms like shortness of breath. And so back then, so this was like beginning of March of 2020, uh, I started having um, like a cough. And so my mom, she was like, well, maybe, you know, that was right when, you know, COVID was breaking out. Yeah. So my mom was like, well, maybe you have COVID or I think back then they might've even been calling it the coronavirus. I don't know. But she was like, well, maybe you should get checked for that. And I'm like, no, I don't have that. 
So the shortness of breath persisted, the cough started happening um, more frequently. And, you know, it was almost like God knew that that was not going to get my attention to mm-hmm. go to the doctor because I was just in go mode with my businesses. And he, it was almost like he popped out this nodule, like on the top of my chest because he knew that that would get my attention. And so that's sure enough did. So I made an appointment with my dermatologist. Well, in the meantime, my lymph node, like up here by my neck popped out and my husband was like, Oh my gosh, honey, uh, I don't, you know, that's, I think that's a big deal. And of course in my head, to be perfectly honest, cancer is for those people. It's not for someone like me, a thriving businesswoman, health coach, you know what I'm saying? And I, mm-hmm. I truly believe that I, a lot of people think that way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that they are invincible from cancer. And so mm-hmm. I definitely had that mindset. And so I went to my routine dermatology appointment and she took one look at my lymph node and said, uh, we're not touching that nodule. You need to get to the ER. And so I remember bursting out crying in her office and I did not go to the ER because, well, I I just went to a walk-in clinic basically. And that was a mistake on my end. And it ended up taking a week to get a CT scan. And so finally got a CT scan and that's when I got the call that nobody wants to get. Mm. You have cancer. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So walk us through, because what I think something I really want to highlight is the process you go through, some of the emotions you go through as a cancer patient and navigating that wave of emotions. And then I'm so, so interested to hear what influenced your decision to choose more of an integrative route. But let's start with kind of maybe once you got that diagnosis, because I know too, I think sometimes it can feel like as soon as you get it, all of a sudden, it's almost like you're not even in control anymore. Someone put you on this train and here's where the train's going. That's right. So can you touch about your experience with that a little bit? Absolutely. Yes. Um, Basically, when I got that call, you have ovarian cancer, your lungs are filled with fluid, you need to get to the ER. I like, I burst out crying and I, I think I had like my first panic attack, right? When she said that. And I said, are you kidding me? And she said, no, ma'am, I wish I was. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I had all these, these floods of emotion. Like, I mean, honestly, it was like a death sentence, like, you know, um, and I don't know, it was just, it was panic. It was like darkness, like complete utter shock. Um, and then, yeah. And, and they told me I needed to get to the ER because of my lungs being filled with fluid and they needed to, to drain them. And so I went to the hospital and they quickly staged me at stage four. I had cancer all over my body. So lungs, liver, breasts, abdomen, stomach cavity, ovaries. Um, actually I had a big tumor in my butt cheek, um, my mm. inner thigh. I mean, spleen. I mean, we are talking everywhere. And that's why they call stage, I mean, that's why they call ovarian cancer the deadliest cancer for women, because you don't know you have it until mm-hmm. it's stage four. And it's part partly because of where our ovaries sit, that you, we don't feel, you know, the cramping and we don't feel, you know, the, the necessary signs. So um, I pretty much had no signs except for what I shared earlier leading up to it. So I'm in the hospital and 
I think I'm just in utter shock. I, my friend reminded me recently, she's like, do you remember what you, you were in the hospital when you first got diagnosed, you were texting us and um, telling us you don't want to die. You don't want to die. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I remember that. So yeah, just a flood of emotions. Like, you know, um, and to be honest, I was tormented. I was mm. tormented. I, um, I didn't hear a lot of success stories with ovarian cancer. I really didn't. Mm. So, um, yeah. There was no expander for you to believe almost. Yeah. It's kind of a see to believe that, yeah, this is possible, which makes me even more excited to be able to share this story because yeah. it's, it's one more beautiful story <clears throat> yeah. to hopefully be an expander for others. So at this point you were, I imagine working with pretty conventional practitioners. And so what were, what were all of the advice, the recommendations that they were sharing with you? Okay. So I ended up because I was, you know, one of those patients, like you're stage four, like, you know, you're, they even said I, I wasn't going to make it at one point. Um, they, you know, Dr. Keneally said I needed a miracle. I mean, and truly oh, wow. I did. Wow. So they said, we got to move, move, move quick, chemo, radiation, surgery. So I, I did the surgery part and I, we are actually actively at the time I was 43 years old and we were actively trying for baby number two. So they never talked to me about freezing my eggs. They never discussed any of that. Now they didn't know that we were trying for number two, but mm -hmm. I believe that, that they thought that I was just maybe past the childbearing age. So they didn't mm -hmm. know for that. So, but you know, um, I got my one child, so that's, that's good. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so we did the surgery and everything went okay. I went into straight menopause right away. And so I was having just, oh my gosh, the hot flashes, the, it was, I just remember being in that space of, it was just utter survival. Like, oh my gosh. And this is really where I pressed into my faith and mm -hmm. I began doing like a lot of mindset work. Uh, and so I, but I knew in my heart that I did not want to do chemo at all or radiation. I just, I knew it. And partly I was scared of it. I was, I was scared of it. I didn't want to lose my hair. So vanity purposes was involved, but that's okay. Because I think God used that to mm -hmm. lead me to, uh, Dr. Keneally's clinic. And my mom is the one who found it. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm so fascinated about, uh, let's talk about that a little bit more because did you right away when you were going into it, were you like, I already know I want to look for more information, look for alternative methods, or maybe not even alternative, just adjunct options. Or was it someone, was it a book you read? Was it like yeah. this kind of miracle, spontaneous moment? Yes. Yeah, so it that, was kind of like a combination of things. So one of my girlfriends, so again, COVID had broken out. So she's like, hey, I don't want to put you at risk. I'm going to drop off this video series at your front porch. And it was called Crispy's Cancer. So, oh, okay. so I watched that, that whole series and I was like, oh my gosh, I was so fascinated that if he could beat stage three colon cancer just by doing, you know, uh, his, he really pressed into his faith, uh, worked on his mindset. The whole diet piece was huge for him and, and did not do chemo. He, I was like, well, then I can do that too. You know, mm -hmm. so it was almost like 
he was giving me permission to do. Mm-hmm. So then at the same time, my mother had found uh, Dr. Keneally's clinic on Instagram through a woman named Priscilla Anderson. Okay. So she, uh, and she beat stage four colon cancer and she had tagged at Dr. Keneally's clinic on her Instagram story saying she was going to get a vitamin C, uh, drip, whatever. And so because of her, honestly, it's, it's so I, you know, she has actually a show out on, um, Netflix. Netflix. Oh, really? Okay. What's it called? Um, it's called, let's see, country ever afterish or, Oh, Oh, okay. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm always like, thank you so much, Crystal. You're amazing. You're the reason I even found Dr. Keneally. So Instagram is a powerful tool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, go mom for being on Instagram. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's so great. So when you first were kind of deciding, okay, I'm not going to do chemo. I'm not going to do radiation. What was that decision like for you? Were you receiving a lot of pushback from people in your life? And how did you navigate that? Because I do think that is something people are commonly facing. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. My relatives, people that were well-meaning, I I had a message from someone. She said, I know you're hoping for a different result, but my mother died of, of, of ovarian cancer. Just and at that point, I couldn't handle much, you know, with, with these messages and these well-meaning people, but it was almost like God had put it in my heart that if Dr. Keneally would accept me, that that was the route I needed to go. Mm-hmm. And so I scheduled an appointment with her and, you know, quickly she said, yeah, as long as you're not in a wheelchair, we will absolutely accept you. Um, so I really just, I just, it was almost like I just knew in my heart and I, I just had to keep moving forward despite, um, naysayers. And to be honest, my husband was, um, he, a little bit of a naysayer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause of the fear, yeah, you know? Fear. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it's so interesting because, all, you know, so many of these people say, you know, so-and-so died from this. They tried natural and they passed from this. Yeah. Uh, but no one's also saying, look at all the other people who tried the conventional route who also passed from that. So That's it right. really, you know, it can go absolutely both ways. And I just love what the message you're saying, I think is kind of, you had that deep, deep knowing, that mm-hmm. intuition. We call it by so many names, mm-hmm. but it was there guiding you and right. you really listened to it. That's right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So now walk us through what I'm really interested in is the experience you had with the initial doctors you were working with versus what, what was the information they were telling you versus when you came to the cancer center for healing, what was the education? Like, what were you learning there versus maybe what you were learning initially? Oh my gosh. Night and day difference. (laughs) The, the thing with um, the conventional world is that they are only trained in one way. And unfortunately, the, the doctors I was working with, they were not open to any other treatment. And so <clears throat> after I had my surgery, I ended up bowel obstructing. I actually bowel obstructed twice. They had to take out part of my colon. Um, and actually, it, it really it really went bad. And so that's when they actually called my husband to prepare him for the worst. And so I ended up being in the hospital for 10 days. And uh, when the doctor came in to kind of tell me the bad news, he actually told me, 
he goes, do you pray? And I said, yeah. And he goes, yeah, you need to send out a message to your, your prayer people because, uh, this isn't looking good. And I remember doing that. And within mm. two days I was being released from the hospital and, oh it my was, it was, and my story has tons of those moments where I would get these, the bad news and my heart would drop because I would partner with that for a second. And then God would come in and say, you know, but Hey, wait, I've, I've got, you know, healing for you and your job is to believe and your job is to trust me. So mm-hmm. anyways, yeah. I know it's so hard and I really do believe that most of these doctors are doing their best with what they know. I do too. And, but I, I do a lot of work with subconscious limiting beliefs and you know, at the center, they are also doing evox. And yes. so, you know, that sometimes when we have to get, share information or give a diagnosis, I think a lot of patients take it as, oh, this is it. Yeah, this is true. Um, this is the end. Mm-hmm. And and there's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with that, but I think it is so important to be able to go, I can choose to still have hope. I can choose to still believe despite the worst possible diagnosis, because as soon as my brain accepts a certain fate, it might stop trying. Oh my gosh. Okay. Right there. That is exactly what I work with my clients on mm. because if I would have listened to the conventional doctors that said, I'm not going to make it and X, Y, and Z, I would not have fought as hard as I did. And so mindset work is everything. And I had to work to get to that place in believing that 100% I was going to get to the other side. Now I might have dips in the road. I might dip pretty low. And I did at one point, actually twice, but I, I just knew like, no, I, if God said it in his word, I can believe for it. I'm, and I, you know, and I believe like Dr. Keneally is the best doctor. Like mm-hmm. she, helped, she had a huge part in helping to heal me. So I'm like forever grateful, constantly referring to you guys. Um, mm. so, yeah. Oh, you're so sweet. And I think I, I think I butted in on that train of thought though, because we were talking a little bit about the difference between the conventional yeah. doctors and then Keneally. So sorry. Keep oh, going. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they're just like, you know, just like you said to their defense that they're just trained in the, in the one way. And so, um, when I had, you know, had my first, uh, call to see if Dr. Keneally would accept me as a patient, I had, you know, told my conventional doctor that, you know, I'm going to do the holistic route. And he looked at me and he said, Oh gee, unfortunately holistic treatment doesn't work on ovarian cancer. That's what he told me. So I'm like right there. It was just, again, maneuvering through, you know, more doubts and limiting beliefs and like, you know, but looking back now, he, he just, you know, he, I don't think he has much experience with people doing the, you know, stopping his treatment and then doing the holistic route. But I ended up interviewing like five different doctors and all, every single one of them, including Dr. Keneally said, because of where I was at and how bad my scan looked, I needed to do some form of chemo. Okay. So, but then I found out about IPT and then that's where I was like, okay, I'm definitely doing that route. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I always love to get the experience from the patient, but was this first doctor talking to you about lifestyle, nutrition, oh. emotional health? toxification, you know, detoxification. Oh, heck no. And that's okay. So (laughs) 
I am back now, um, not under his care, but just he orders my scans now. Okay. okay. Just my insurance pays for it. So I have seen him now. And so he he's speechless, basically. And I asked him, I confronted him actually about the diet piece because I said, I'm just so curious, like, you know, why don't conventional oncologists talk about lifestyle changes in the diet piece and they don't address how the sugar feeds tumors. And I started, you know, just asking him those questions and straight up, he told me, well, you know, we don't want to take away too much from the patients. And we, you know, oftentimes aren't sure that they're going to even make it. And I mean, he openly said this to me. Oh gosh. So of course that makes sense. You know, the patient is suffering by taking the full amount of chemo and, and everything else that comes along with it. We don't want to address their diet and take too much away from them. Oh, that gives me a pit in my stomach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so. So let's let's focus on the happy side then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what what were some of the things maybe in that first consult with Dr. Keneally that she was like, look, here are some of the boxes we need to check and we need to look into. Oh, let's see. She And it was a while ago, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so I remember uh, the conversation being like, okay, what are you doing now? And I just gotten a hold of, you know, the whole Chris Beats cancer thing. So she gave me kind of an at-home protocol while I um, flew before, you know, to do before I flew down there to do my RGCC test because that was going to be the next step. So it was um, supplements. It was if I can find a place around here that starts giving you, you know, vitamin C drips and just different things. So just an, like an at-home protocol. But I love what she told me. She told me basically that unless I really worked on the mindset piece and I, um, you know, did that work and believing that I was going to be healed, she wasn't even going to work with me basically. Oh, wow. You told me that from the get-go. Yeah. Wow. 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 So I appreciated that so much because I was like, oh, this woman is serious about m- me partnering and in, in the whole believing that I'm going to be healed of, of stage four ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. So, when you did the RGCC test, yeah. did it come back like astronomically high for CTCs? Um, so 5.9. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I re- I think I remember Dr. C saying one time she had someone in like the teens. Oh my gosh. I, I think, I think, but I could be wrong on that. But okay. I was curious if maybe yours was like super, super astronomically high. Yeah. No, my tumor markers were a thousand when I got diagnosed and then um, they were like in normal range, like 25, which wow. is anything between... Um, one in 35 for ovarian cancers, normal range. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So something else I want to talk about is once you were sort of in the thick of treatments, and I'd love to hear if you can share some of the different things you were doing, but first of all, how did you keep morale up? How did you, you know, fit in the time, energy, all of those different things when you're kind of just in the thick of it doing so much? Yeah, that's a great question. So obviously when Dr. Keneally said she'll, you know, she'll take me, let's get you down here to do the RGCC test. And I live in Idaho. Um, we worked on, you know, okay, well let's, let's move our family down to California. And, I've, I've, um, 
initially she had said eight IPTs. So I was okay. like, okay, we're, we're only going to need to live in California for two months. My husband could work remotely. He'll, you know, take care of my daughter, you know. So we, we had a game plan. We found someone who gave us a great deal on an Airbnb in Dana Point. So, which that whole area is like my entire favorite place in the world to Laguna Beach, all of that. So it's just, it was so cool to be able to be there and heal at like my favorite place in the entire world. So, um. But yes, we ended up living though in California because it definitely took longer than, you know, the eight, the eight IPTs initially. So, Mm -hmm. so what were some of the other things that, first of all, what, cause we, you know, we're always looking at what is a stressor on the body? How can we help remove those stressors, whether it's emotional, um, pathogenic, a pollutant. So what were some of the things that you were testing for? And then maybe what were some of the other protocols that you were doing in addition to IPT? Yeah. So we waited and pretty much strictly went by my RGCC test when it, when it came back and it showed, you know, about eight different chemo agents that would be effective. Um, Hydrogen peroxide came in like super high and I believe that killed my toenail fungus. And so we worked on getting the candida out of my body um, parasites, all of that. Um, I did vitamin C, selenomycin, mistletoe, um, curcumin intravenously. It was in the hyperbaric chamber three, three times a week. I mean, everything that she said to do, I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, the diet piece, 100%. Um, but there, there was one point where I ended up because I had a pick line in me and I was scared of getting a port that my pick line ended up getting infected. And we didn't, we didn't know that it was mm-hmm. pick line. There was, it wasn't like red on the outside. It wasn't, you know, sort of touch any of that stuff. So I, but I was sicker than a dog and I started losing weight. I got down to 117 pounds. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't like hold down anything. It was really, really bad. And then, um, Dr. Kim actually, she's the one that pretty much found the infection. And so she would start giving me like a Diflucan, which is an antifungal, I believe, um, treatment. And I would start feeling immediately better. And so we knew. So then we, you know, and, and during that time, I couldn't really handle any of the treatments because my lips would turn blue. I would, you know, my oxygen stats would drop. It was, it was kind of scary for a little bit. So I ended up having blood clots in my arms though. Um, and, it, and like I said, we didn't know if it was the cancer dying off, if the cancer was growing, they had not experienced anything like that. So Luckily we found it and I ended up getting a port and, you know, getting rid of the blood clots in my arms. So yeah, pretty much whatever Dr. Keneally said, I was like, okay, this woman knows I trust her. <laughs> I was on an extensive supplement list and uh, I did the Evox therapy and yeah, everything. What was the experience like for you, so when she talked about the emotional piece mm-hmm. and she was recommending Evox, at first were you like, what does this have to do with cancer? Or or were you all in? What was kind of your response to that? Because I know a lot of people are kind of just like, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll get to that after all this other stuff. Yeah. So I actually, to be honest, I did not finish how many 
sessions that Dr. Kennelade wanted me to, because I have done so much of that, like therapy and coaches. And, you know, I've worked with, I've just done so much work on myself that I was like, oh, I don't need this. But I will say that it was very eye-opening. So I did probably maybe like four sessions, three or four, I don't remember. But it was, I, it, it was definitely different than actually what I had done. And mm-hmm. I definitely recommend it for most people um, because I don't believe, I truly don't believe like a lot, most people have done like the work on themselves and the mindset work and all of that. And so when you're going after the root of cancer, I think it's very important to add in that piece because, you know, as we know, cancer isn't just caused by one way. So, Mm -hmm. and during your treatment periods, this is something else I want to hear from your perspective, but it sounds like there were a couple times when you were feeling pretty poorly maybe it felt like things weren't going well. And for just another cancer patient who might be in that place, what encouragement would you give them? Okay. So I had that several times. In fact, I had Dr. Keneally herself, uh, the first PET scan um, review appointment that we had, she is the one she said from her mouth, uh, you need a miracle. And she started talking to me about the power of eight and, sh- and having eight people pray for you. And I was like, I, I love that she's saying this. And so, but I will say, because the results weren't what I had believed that they were going to be, I, I got truly disappointed and I partnered with that for a second. So I stepped into hopelessness for, for a minute. And I just, I remember crying to my husband and, um, but again, he prayed for me, just covered me in prayer and it was like, okay, I, I can do this. And I think when you're going through such a almost tragic situation, um, you, you have to have people in your life that can, you know, be in your truth corner and be in your amen corner and can remind you of what's ahead. Like just help you keep your vision so forward that, you know, it's almost like you don't have time to stay in the dumps about the news that you just got. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that because I do think, and to be intentional about it, it sounds like what you're saying is, Hey, you know, you, you, and you, when I'm having a day where I've lost hope, where I want to give up, I need you guys to be the one that kind of like keeps carrying me through it. I love that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So my mother was like that. My mother played a gigantic role. Um, and I just had like this, this prayer warrior team. And so I would also, you know, anytime I I dipped low, I would send out a message and, and just have them prayer pray. And it was like, just in a, like a couple minutes, I was already feeling like Mm -hmm. myself again and positive and like, okay, I've got this, like me and God can do this. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think another important point there is that especially with cancer, the healing isn't always linear. Yeah. It can very often be there's some progress, we dip down, maybe yeah. we go back a step, we go forward four steps. Is, oh, and it sounds like that's what you experienced. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, yes. It just it was honestly my journey has been flooded with you know, so much like goodness, honestly, like so much goodness, but yet so much disappointment. Like when I truly I was like, wait, I only believed, I only believed that my scan was gonna be clear and I've been doing all this work on myself but it wasn't clear, you know, yet. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important that, you know, 
even to do the self-talk that even though you don't see the results that you are believing for, it's, they haven't happened yet. And just keeping that, that mindset space, like yet, yet is so important Mm -hmm. that word, you know? Mm -hmm. So how long did you end up being out at the center and then kind of take us to how you got to wherever you are now. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, like I said, initially it was, um, just going to be the two months. And then with getting that infection in my body, they didn't, you know, we had to like postpone treatments and weeks of the IPT and all of that. Um, and so I ended up living there for five months, but honestly it was amazing. It was so amazing. Like I just look back, I was at the center five days a week, infrared sauna every, you know, like probably three to four days a week and just really doing all of the treatments. And so I was there from basically like eight 30 to two every day, sometimes three o'clock. And so I really did get a chance to like do all my soul care and self care and do the treatments. And I believe part of my healing was also like, you know, reaching out to others and, you know, pouring into them, encouraging people in the clinic and praying for them and just giving them hope. And I believe that God used me in that way quite a bit. And I think that's really important as well is to be giving out when you are even in a place of like need yourself, but it's just like, it's so powerful when you can give Mm -hmm. others when you are going through something so difficult. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something really special about the center yeah. is the community yeah. there. And I, you know, I haven't done traditional chemo or radiation, so I don't know. Maybe there's a wonderful community there too, but it does seem like a really special thing. Yes, I absolutely agree. Yes, I met the most wonderful people from all over the world. So when did you do you know, for example, you were there, you were doing all these treatments. When did you kind of get the the results back? Like, okay, I think I'm in the clear. Yeah. I so it was October of 2020. So that's when we moved back. And, but I still had a little bit of cancer. And, but Dr. Keneally had said, well, you know what? You can fly in um, once every three weeks. We have another patient that's doing that and get your treatment and then, you know, do an at home protocol. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. That'll be great. So, so I believe I got a scan and yeah, I got a scan a couple months later after doing that and I had reoccurred. Okay. So I had um, gotten new cancer in my esophagus area. So I was, I was pretty shook up about that, but again, because of all the work that I had done, I was like, okay, um, And they said, okay, well, let's really, you know, let's have you come in. We'll muscle test you again. We're going to go after this. And so then we ended up doing like, I believe it was maybe five or six treatments is what I, so that included IPT, hydrogen peroxide, vitamin C, things like that. And so I was flying in every week and so to knock it out. And so then um, they, they sent me back to Idaho after that with orders to get a scan. And so I just, um, in, in the meantime, I actually just felt in my heart to not get a scan. And I had, um, I had started taking like six months prior to that, 
um, these the product called transfer factors. I don't know if you've heard of that, but they no, I haven't. Yeah, they kill cancer cells in ninety seven percent, and um, they had helped me just with my feelings of just feeling yucky while I was having the IPT, like night and day, noticeably different. And um, also, my friend had said that I should look into this hydrogen gas water machine. And she sent me a uh, research study, and it was how uh, powerful and effective that it was on ovarian cancer. And it actually acted like a stem cell transplant type mm. of a, you know, type of a uh, thing. Interaction or reaction, yeah. yeah. Yeah, with ovarian cancer. So I was like, oh my gosh. And so I started doing my research, and I was just like blown away. There was only that one research study out there. But it's, um, there's other cancer testimonies, people with brain cancer using it. Just, um, does that, does that sound familiar to you? Do you know what that is? Um, it's Is it, it just, it's a hydrogen water, right? Where it's like hyper, hyper oxygenated or no. So it has to do with frequency and okay, okay. Um, yeah. Hydrogen gas and okay. water. And so I was just like, well, it can't hurt to do this. So that um, my, my numbers were still, um, you know, not, I still had the cancer in me and stuff. So I, I felt like, okay, in my heart, I'm just going to stay at home, do my transfer factors, do the protocol that I know to do, work on making sure the candida's out of my body and then um, just inhale this hydrogen gas water machine. So I slept with it for eight hours a night and uh, felt amazing. The energy is incredible. My sleep's incredible. And that's when I got a completely clear scan. Um, in December. Wow. Yeah. So is it like a mask you wear kind of? Just a, like a cannular tube. Like you just put oh, okay. on your head. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, so that's kind of what finished me off. Mm-hmm. And I believe um, transfer factors played a big part in my healing well, I don't, I mean, I get, oh my gosh, people message me constantly. Like, what do you think it was that healed you? <laughs> what well, one thing. Yeah, the one thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. my gosh, that is like, I don't believe there was just one thing. Honestly, I don't. You know, it's really tricky because, and I remember when I was seeing Dr. Keneally for the first time, she was like, look, we need to hit it from every Mm -hmm, angle. mm -hmm. And especially in a case like yours that is so severe, look, we're just going to throw everything we know at it with intention, right? Because we do the RGCC and we know, okay, her cancer specifically responds to these agents. So there's intention behind it and there's some individualization behind it, but um, and also it's rare that the cancer came from just one thing. Okay. So it is usually a culmination of all these different factors. And, and yeah, at the end of it, because we did so many things, we're not able to point to just the one thing that did it, but I'd way rather <laughs> do all the things and know that I exhausted my resources. Exactly. And that, that is what I appreciate because I remember Dr. Keneally saying, you know, it is not a one size fits all. Like what works on one ovarian cancer patient will not work on the second, you know? So I, I love that she doesn't just put a blanket over, you know what I'm saying? And well, and it's the exact opposite, not to keep knocking on no, 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 exactly. yes. oncologists, but there, it is a one size fits all. Yep. Absolutely. And so, you know, it's just being able to look at it from a little bit of a wider angle 
and really understand a little bit more of what's going on in the body, I think. So. Yes. And one thing I want to just say is that, you know, no matter what avenue someone chooses for, you know, their cancer treatment, it is so important that you become your own research queen or king and be your own advocate, no matter which way you go, because it's just so important and not everything that your doctor says is like, you know, you, you need to do it. I mean, unless it's Dr. Keneally, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, right. I think there's a couple things there. One, we do tend to, I don't know, idolize or just, we put our doctors in this role of, you must know everything. Exactly. And I trust that you're going to tell me all the information that's out there. And that's just really not the case, no matter who the doctor that's is. Right. So I totally agree be your own researcher. If you're too sick, ask someone else maybe right. to be a researcher for you. You know, learn as much as much as you can just so you know what you're deciding. And I completely agree there, there is a time and a place yep. for many of these conventional treatments, just as long as you kind of know what you're choosing. Yep. Really, that's that's the biggest thing I think. So, so then since then, have you done RGCC again to check in where you're at with that? No, I'm planning on my husband and I are taking a trip in June. So I'll schedule that then because I definitely want to see where my numbers are. Um, and I continue to use the machine, um, but just not as often, not for the eight hours a night. So, yeah. Yeah. So a couple more things I want to ask is one, how has your lifestyle, your diet, your all those things, how have those shifted since going through this? Kind of how has it affected the way you live your life a little bit? Yeah. So let's start there. Okay. Um I oh my gosh, am I a completely different person, honestly. Like <laughs> when I got certified as a life coach, I I honestly did not know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the coaching space, but they use terms often, you know, you, you've got to niche down, you know, you've got to know mm. who your ideal client is, who you're going to help. And I was like, oh, I just know I want to help women. I want to help them better themselves and think bigger. And, you know, but again, that's way too vanilla. But since having the cancer diagnosed diagnosis, I mean, it is... I know exactly who I help and I, um, I love that. And I feel like, you know, my, uh, spiritual alignment coaching was birthed from the cancer. Mm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, diet, uh, always, you know, working on that, um, supplement. Cause you know, it's, it's a little bit more maintenance mode. Maintenance, exactly. Right. Yep. And so maybe you're not doing like the hardcore candida diet. No, <laughs> no, I can't say that I am. No, just. <laughs> Low sugar, um, I do, yeah, mostly low carb, honestly, I, I would say. I'm really big on my supplements. I still place a monthly order um, with you guys every month. Um, take my transfer factors. I love colostrum. So I mm. colostrum. People have been taking colostrum for many, many years for all the health benefits. Um, yeah, so I've just like this whole new world of like a holistic world has opened up to me and, um, and then I have, you know, my, so with the transfer factors, I'm an immune system educator with them. And so oh, okay. I help people with, with all of that too. So yeah, my life is pretty amazing. I love that. Well, the, I think the final question I want to ask you is, you know, if you believe everything happens for a reason, what do you feel like 
Mm. What do you feel like came out of this for you? Was like, I was here and this knocked me here. And now Mm. I see this is where I'm supposed to be. Yes. Okay. To be straight up honest, I feel like before I was living as a watered down version of myself and less than God, his plans for me and who he's called me to be. And so I feel like I just have like this um, fired up purpose in my life. And I feel like it's, it has everything to do with alignment. And Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how much I was out of alignment in my life before cancer. So. Yeah. Oh, I totally, totally resonate with that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so beautiful to, you know, take something that is really tragic and scary and, you know, use it to turn into something good at the end of it. I don't think that's always the case for everybody. I think sometimes the tragedy becomes the story and becomes all there is. Exactly. So it's beautiful to see your progress through this, to hear the ups and downs and just where you're at now. So Correct me if I'm wrong, but you you do coaching, and is it more refined for now cancer patients? Um, I have a couple cancer patients. Uh, okay, I I love like you know I love helping them because okay. I feel like I know the journey so well. Um, but I my my specialty is I just I teach women how to step into alignment and step into the highest version of of who God has called them to be. And so we do a lot of mindset work, um, visualization, dreaming. We tap into the whole, you know, what are your spiritual gifts? Um, What is your purpose? What were you created for? All of that. So, yeah. I love it. Well, we'll definitely make sure your website, your social medias are linked in the show notes. Thank you. That'd be awesome. So everyone can kind of find you and reach out if it resonates. Yes. And I I have two books I'd love to recommend. Oh, please, please. Yes. That's that's so good. Just any resources that were really helpful for you. Yes. Okay. So this one, Dr. Keneally's book is absolutely amazing. The Cancer Revolution. And then um, this one is basically, so it's called How I Beat Stage 4 Cancer by Maggie McGee. And she calls herself a chemo dropout. Um, and (laughs) it is like a, basically, uh, like step-by-step protocol. And she goes into the details about different, um, foods and, and soy and just supplements and your environment and the toxins in your house and water filters. And, and so does Dr. Keneally as well, but that it's a really, um, I don't know. It's just a very easy to read book. And I highly recommend mm. that book too. So Maggie um, McGee is her the author of that book. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Yeah. There's thankfully now there's more resources. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> I remember Dr. Keneally saying sometime like, you know, 30 years ago, you just, there was nothing. Yeah. You couldn't find anything. So it's wonderful. I'll also link the crispy cancer. It yes. sounds like that was Thank really you. important for you. Yes. So, well, Erica, thank you so much. This was so wonderful. Thank you so much, too. I really appreciate you.